Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we are going to recap all the action from NWSL Week 3. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube. We're also a podcast, so go ahead and follow, like, and download so that you never miss out on any of our episodes. Lisa, week three. Oof. In the books. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we got nearly a pick or prediction, yeah. correct? But we'll go through, we'll go through all of them and find out how right or incorrect we were. We love to come back on here and recap all that stuff, but uh, I'm just happy to be back here with you. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, that's the first thing we jumped on. We talked a little bit about the games, you and I catching up. And then you were like, how are our picks? Because when you get them all right, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty easy to remember. You're like, yes, I knew this would happen. Uh, But when, um, when you don't get a lot of them right, you're like, are you, are, am I sure I did that? Yes, I write it down. I've got my trusty notebook here and I have all of our answers. Um, and they were mostly wrong. But it is good to kind of recap it with you because there was goals. We got goals this weekend, finally, where we've been having like draw after draw, scoreless draw, 1-1 draw in the first couple of weeks. Um, now, after the international break, we, we got to see a little bit of fire from some players. We got some new players stepping up that I'm excited to talk about and, and get your picks and, or get your like analysis and your take on some of these. Um, I have people in our chat right now on YouTube are like going crazy for Chicago. They're, they they want to oh, hear boy. what you have to say about that because uh, Chicago getting a win. But we'll it's talk about three, it. Everybody lower yeah. those expectations. <laughs> Simmer down, folks. Um, let's uh, yeah, let's 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 start in the beginning. We're we ne- we waited. All the games were done by Saturday evening. Um, so you and I were like, let's pump the brakes. Let's let's get refreshed. Let's go Sunday. Join uh, join everybody in the chat and uh, go live after everyone's had some time to settle with uh, the performances and get a chance to kind of let it all marinate. What does it all mean? Right. That's what we always come back here and chat a little bit about. But week three, still 
pretty early in the mm -hmm. NWSL regular season, but that does mean with a couple weeks having gone by, we're starting to see maybe some team identities uh, show themselves out on the pitch. We're starting to see those goals come through, like you mentioned, Lisa. Um, but maybe we're also starting to see some of those early week issues still linger for some other teams, question mark. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk all about it. Maybe, maybe let's start with a couple of teams who are unbeaten in the first three weeks of the regular season talking about portland thorns fc versus houston dash this one coming down to a one one draw between these two teams and if memory serves me correctly which it often doesn't <laughs> I think you and i both went portland in this one we did we both had thorns right. picking up three points in this one at home right remember it was at providence park the only friday game in the nwsl this weekend but Alas, no, it's a 1-1 draw. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, that's not to say it wasn't exciting. Um, oh, yeah. This this delivered for me in terms of uh, all of the NWSL after dark culture that's out there. I think this was a delightful game. We got to see two teams with, uh, I think, a pretty recent um, a recent rivalry, I would say, between these two teams. I think over the last maybe three seasons or so, between the Thorns and between the Dash, we've seen some some pretty fun and, and, and mostly highly competitive matches between these two teams. Some of the stuff that we touched on in the preview between these two teams in terms of how we leaned into our picks was part of that history between these two teams. I, I mentioned at one point that I'm going with Portland in this one to try to get the win, but maybe we think it's going to be a draw just because Houston has typically had some really good games against the Thorns at Providence Park. They have shown that they're a team that are not really intimidated about going on the road and picking up results when they need to be away from Houston. And I think we saw that pretty early on in a game like this. When we're looking at the actual scoreline of events that took place between these two teams, Portland Thorns on the scoreboard very early, a common trend for this team at this point in the regular season, ninth minute goal, Sophia Smith to Crystal Dunn. We love a national yeah. team club team crossover what an opening goal for the thorns in the ninth minute it was beautiful honestly the the play from sophia smith i mean it, it was kind of like uh, when you watch sophia smith yes she's got a lot of tricks in her bag that she can pull out and she is incredibly skilled and talented but she tends to do the same thing because why switch it up it's continuing to work she gets on the ball she faces her defender um and she runs at them i mean it it is incredibly hard to defend a quick Sophia Smith when she is running straight at you. Um, she beats her defender. She gets end line. And in the past, we've seen Sophia Smith shoot this ball. And we've also seen her score this shot from a really closed down angle on the end line near that very near front post. However, in this ninth minute, she is her maturity and her awareness on the pitch is growing tremendously because you can see it in this opening goal for Portland. She gets her head up. She looks at the goals and see it's an option. I'm honestly, I bet she could have scored it, but she sees Crystal Dunn around the penalty spot um, near that near post wide open and the awareness for Smith to play it to Dunn and then Dunn to find the back of the net is tremendous. That's why this Portland side is going to be much more dangerous this year than perhaps they were in the past because 
it's unpredictable what they're going to do on the ball. Like Smith could have shot that. She could have dribbled it herself and taken it. Um, a, a number of different things coming down to it, but heck of a way for Portland to open this game. Um, they set the tone right from the start. And I mean, Houston putting up a, a very good fight. It was, this was like one of the better games of this weekend for sure, because of how competitive the battles were individual 50 50 balls all over the pitch um and as you mentioned i mean two undefeated teams for houston getting this draw um and the form that houston is in right now this is the best start that houston dash has had any year that they have played in the nwsl now standings wise the dash are in sixth but they've got two draws and a win uh five points on the year, only one goal differential uh, point at that point. But I mean, the best start for Houston and and going to Portland in Providence Park and picking up a draw after going down one goal and then saying no more Sophia Smith, no more Crystal Dunn, Morgan Weaver. We're not letting you find the back of the net anymore. That is incredibly, incredibly impressive. Plus the response from Houston. Love incredible it. response i mean look we've got to talk about how it kind of came to life right mm-hmm. i mean maria sanchez uh getting the equalizer for this team right at the 24th minute so an excellent moment of time to sort of go ahead and show their response in, in this one we got to see i think on both sides of the pitch where we're looking at players that are also getting utilized within their starting 11s mm-hmm. Challenge Cup is on the horizon, so we're starting to see. We we got to see maybe some some newer faces for for some teams across the league over the over week three, and I, I think for Portland we got to see that debut of uh, of Reina Reyes, and we saw yeah. we saw Maria Sanchez go to work, go to work against her Mexican national teammate there, and uh, I loved the presence of mind from this player when she gets on the ball, and you could see immediately like the wheels and the gears turning in her brain on how and where and which and what she's going to do with this ball at her feet uh wins this ball you know off of a off of a tackle from reyes and then hubbly tries to to cover it in response but just the quick thinking to go ahead and let this shot rip megs uh the defender in front of her and just Slips in far post. I love. I thought these two goals in, in this match were, were probably some of the better goals uh, yeah. that we saw over the course of this uh, this weekend. I would agree with you. They were tremendous goals, but Maria Sanchez, um, it, it was tough. So the bat. That's how the battle batched up, right? Reina Reyes got her first start in the outside right back position. Maria Sanchez, the left sided forward for Houston. So they were marked up against each other for the majority of this game. And um, a, a lot of credit to Reyes because I think that as a young rookie coming in, um, she played pretty well. But Maria Sanchez did make her look silly at times. There, there were moments when it was just a little bit too easy. And leading up to this goal for Houston Dash that ultimately came from Maria Sanchez in the 24th minute, there were so many more opportunities, even like right before it, right? It, from After Portland scored in the ninth minute, Houston definitely turned it up a, a gear or so because then we, we got to see them switching the point of attack, which worked tremendously well for Houston. Sanchez getting on the ball, whipping crosses in, nearly finding Ordonez um, on a header goal. I mean, it, that's going to come this year. Once they get that down, the cross and the header into the goal, it's going to be lethal for Houston. But they didn't give up and and – 
then Sanchez finds herself in the middle of the pitch. So it's, you know, it's not going to be a cross at this point, but how is she going to find the back of the net? Because her, her bread and butter is left footed crosses with such great texture into the box. But this time she slots it away. I mean, really good goals to start our weekend for sure. It just sort of felt like by the time halftime came, like b- both of these teams had fully played themselves into the match. There wasn't going to be like a mm-hmm. period of time where they had to like come come back into the second half and just sort of work back at it. They definitely picked up, I think, on where they left off in that first 45. And by the time it ended, it, it was like, oh, like both of these teams are definitely disappointed yeah. that they didn't get the win here. And like, you love it. You love to see that. Um, I, I, I like it. I, I think the way this sort of early look at the table right now is sort of as we look back at last year a little bit as well. And, you know, we know that these two teams were some of the the playoff teams just in 2022. So sort of see them continue to sort of build off of things and meet this early in the 2023 regular season. Who knows? Maybe it's a preview of something down the line. You'd love to see it. Uh, Let's keep it moving, though, because we've got a lot of games to get through. Let's talk about another draw that took place over the weekend. This time we got a four goal fest for this one. I'm talking about Angel City FC versus Racing Louisville. Louisville on the road, go to Los Angeles, get up early in this game. I mean, very, very early. Penalty kick VAR era. It's officially here in the league. Uh, early penalty, Savannah DeMello in the box also gets up and converts. Uh, you have Racing Louisville. Uh, go ahead and, and and pull another a uh, go ahead go uh, go ahead goal in uh, in in the first half and it just sort of looks like okay like what's going to happen in a game like this uh, and for just a brief moment I think watching this game you have the, the sort of thought well yeah Louisville good I players mean, fun team that's fun what I thought watch. you think about that but what happened. You you yeah. ab, you ab, you're talking like an absolute like tale of two halves here. I think in, in this game when you're looking at the final stat line between these two teams, I'm just looking like the, one of the first things I went to as soon as the final whistle came in was was the shot total, and you've got 25 yeah. on Angel City to 13 <laughs> compared to Louisville, and the attempts on target with seven for LA, and then two. For for racing, so it's it's two uh, on target and two foul in the back of the net for Louisville. We had when we did the preview for these two teams. The efficiency. What was our what were our picks when we did the preview for this? We both picked racing Louisville. So as this game was unfolding, right, like the opening. 10 minutes, uh, well, I mean, opening two minutes, I'm like, great. Danilo <laughs> draws a penalty kick. This is fantastic. Angel City is getting like, th- they have committed so many penalty kicks. I feel like fouls inside the box or, or in uh, BMO Stadium in Los Angeles. I feel like there have been so many VAR penalty kicks called there in the opening three weeks. But after the penalty kick goes in in the opening three minutes and then they get another one by uh, Davis in the 32nd minute, I was like, sitting pretty pretty almost. I mean, it like scoreline wise, right? I was like, great. We both picked Louisville. They came in here. They dominated opening two goals before the 35th minute hits. Fantastic. But Man. Angel City, I mean, you mentioned tale of two halves, but not necessarily in terms of like 45 minutes and 45 minutes. To me, it was 
a tale of like moments that were capitalized on because as you said, racing Louisville only two shots on target and they scored two goals in this game. So, Hey, their efficiency is at a hundred percent right now. That's pretty fantastic. However, at the end of this first half specifically, angel city is now down to nil. Um, they're pissed off. You can see it. They're fired up and that's where they're getting so many of these shots. Uh, even in like the stoppage time of the game, I think there was like a couple minutes added on at the end of the first half. Um, excuse me, I do forget the details of that. But in that moment, Angel City probably had three or four opportunities with shots on goal, with shots, putting them in dangerous spots, putting Racing Louisville defensively on the, on their heels. And you could tell for Louisville, it was like, let's just get to the half. Let's just hold out and get to the half. And Angel City is throwing everything they can at them, trying to just get one before they go into the locker room at, at the break. Um, and it ultimately... Racing Louisville holds out and it's two nil at halftime. Look, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I th this game actually comes down to depth for these two teams. Yeah. And it hon honestly, it comes down a little bit to, to coaching. And again, I can't believe I'm saying that in a game with Angel City and, and racing Louisville. But I think when we look at this second half, this kind of this out that, you know, that typical hour mark kind of uh, of change in the game that you might make those adjustments if you're the coaching staff. But Allie Riley, Alyssa Thompson and Madison Hammond able to come on in to mm -hmm. the game for Angel City. And we don't see a sub for racing until like the final 15 minutes remaining in the game when Ari Borges comes in yep. in the 74th minute. And then even, even then five minutes later and five minutes later, more stuff. So I, it just was like not enough for me in terms of the, uh, the, the coaching adjustments that were made for, for racing in this one. And I really sort of feel that this is what ends up, you know, losing the, the full points. They walk away with the draw. And yes, this is a team that is currently, one of the three to four teams that are they're unbeaten right now in the opening three weeks of the season, racing Louisville with a, with three official draws to start off the season. But I don't know if that's something that you want to hang your hat off in this point, because this is the same racing Louisville side that had a ton of draws in 2022. And I think yeah. when you're going into this season, that's automatic. That is like the one thing you're highlighting and circling yep. and saying, we're going to work on this. We're going to work on closing out games. We're going to work on making sure we're not dropping points anymore throughout 2023. That's 2022. This is a new year, new, new look for this team. But this is kind of a similar trend, I think, that we're witnessing that we saw out of this team just back last year. So we, I think you, we sort of saw the the international break in play kind of come in, in into into this game, I think, for racing, especially a team that has so, so many international players. Right. So um, I think if you're if you're Angel City, you're looking at this as like really great moment for the team to make sure that you sort of battle back and, and get and get a point um, and make sure that someone doesn't come into your hometown and, and just take it to you. But apparently that's something in something about these two teams that they're going to just sort of play to these kind of very wild type of score lines, yeah. I guess, when they go <laughs> head to head. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. It was, it was very entertaining, frankly, um, and not just because of the scoreline, but because of the action and, and the chess match on the, on the pitch about how they unfolded a um, specific shout out to Angel City, Savannah McCaskill, because this goal by her, um, the equalizing goal, it was the second one for Angel City. Um, holy cow, it was so, 
so good. I mean, like we've seen her do stuff like that before, but it comes in the 87th minute. Um, she is at the top of the box. She controls it halfway and then uses a volley to to find the back of the net. I mean, everyone on the pitch, Racing Louisville, Angel City, were like heads whipping, watching the ball go past as it ricocheted into the back of the net. It was beautiful, frankly. It was really, really a good goal from Savannah McCaskill. Um, but standings-wise, we, we talked about it in the preview. Racing Louisville, ninth place in the standings, three draws. I didn't want them to start their year. Technically, they're undefeated, but they're three draws in, in the opening three weeks. I wanted Louisville to get a win, um, but they can't hold out against Angel City. And in the end, Angel City climbs back into the game. I think really positive for Angel City, like you mentioned. All right. Well, well, that's a wrap for the draws. Okay. That, that was all the draws that took place over the course of week three. So we've got some winners and some losers to talk about. Stick with us after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Let's talk about uh, some multi-goal score lines here for the victors over the course of week three. Let's start with Gotham FC versus Orlando Pride. Lisa, what do we have for the picks? Let's remind everyone joining us here. Oh, we, um, you had Gotham and I had a draw for this one. So congratulations, Sandra. You said so. Congratulations. Um, listen, I, just to just to throw it back when we did our preview in this one, I said, I, I believe I said, I'm going to go with Gotham, but I won't be surprised if this one turns into a draw. And I think that was also, uh, you know, a little bit, in, a little bit of an incorrect prediction as well, because I don't know if we could have predicted that this game would have had as much stoppage time. Oh my gosh! Within it, as there was, I think that's that's something that we got to chat a little bit about with yeah. this game as well. Uh, I mean, completely full disclosure, like to to the people listening and joining us live. I did not get to watch this game live. That happened uh, yesterday. It was one of the earlier games. Um, so I had seen the scoreline and I had seen a little bit on social media kind of what had happened. So I'm rewatching it today and I don't look intently at the stats before I fully watch a game. I usually I, I see stuff on social and I and I saw that Gotham had won. So as I'm watching this game unfold, I'm like, where are the goals. I'm like, we're in the 80th minute. Where are, what's happening? It and was, then I'm like, yeah. oh, we're at the end of stoppage time. This, this must be wrong. Like I must've only, I must've thought it was two nothing and it was really only one nothing. No, they, Lynn Williams gets the final goal in the 90th minute plus 17, 17 minutes at the end of this right game in regulation. Insane. Look, I, uh, I'm with you. I think the, the added time is, was, Obviously, something was a talking point for for folks, but these two teams, 
Uh, when we were previewing this game, you you had a draw. You saved your draw for this one. I, th- I remember in the preview, and I said, okay, well, I'm kind of feeling the same thing, but I'm going to go with Gotham just because I thought they had uh, a little bit more. And I think this game to start kind of had maybe the, the starting lineups could have like shown us that there was going to be some, some weird energy around it. Uh, Mitch Purse, not a, a starter in this one. Juan Carlos Amaro's kind of maybe trying some, some different things out. And then Orlando pride, we got to see the return of, uh, of Martha to mm-hmm. the pitch. Got to start in this game as well. And it's like, okay, it's like, let's, let's see what, what this game has in store. And it turns out it had 90 plus minutes of zero goals between the <laughs> teams. And I mean, if like, you're you can't make, you can't write this. You can't make you, this no, up. You can't. And I think if you're looking at the, at the, at the, like the length of time in this game. And if you're the pride where you're only getting six shots over the course of this mm-hmm. nearly, you know, nearly double the, t- it's like you have the period of extra time ultimately at the end of, of this game that, you, with your two attempts on target and your your six shots, I'm not too sure that's that's something that you're looking at and saying, okay, progress that we're making here. But if you're if you're Gotham, I think you are maybe looking at that and saying, okay, progress in terms of like some of the numbers that you're looking at the at the end of, of your game. I think another area in which you're looking at progress are kind of these kind of like very specific game scenarios mm-hmm. uh because Mitch Purse comes in into this game as as a substitute for for Gotham and just has an immediate impact uh, on the on the pitch for for this team is is ultimately the player that slots away the penalty kick I thought it was a really well taken yeah. uh penalty and then just when you think okay this game is going to come down to one of these narrow score lines that you absolutely have to try to kill out the clock if if you're ultimately awarded a PK and, and convert that late in the game. But with the VAR reviews that came into play with some of the injury stoppage time, there was so much. There was extended stoppage time added on top of the stoppage time. <laughs> and that in itself is a unique game scenario. And I loved that, that Lynn Williams – one of these players that we've been talking about uh, for Gotham that are on the hunt for a spot on the World Cup pitch mm-hmm. utilizes this unique game scenario in front of her. And you just when you completely Williams is going into the corner, she says, uh-uh, bats up. We're going to go ahead and put this game on ice. It was cold. It was absolutely cold from Lynn Williams. I love it. It was it was such a heads up play by Lynn Williams, honestly. I mean, but as you talked about, like the the initial goal for Gotham that came from the spot for Midge Purse, it, the penalty kick option it took forever to decide what was going to happen with this, and and that was already at the end of the game, at the end of regulation, um, and and then from there we saw. I mean, we're in 10 minutes of stoppage time at this point. I, I forget how much was added on. I, I should know this. But it's at that point, you're kind of like, okay, we're just kind of waiting for the whistle to blow. Gotham was taking the ball to the corner for the most part. They were just looking for time to run out. They were possessing. Orlando looked a bit depleted at this point. They also kind of waiting for the whistle to run out um, and just kind of let this game play out. And initially when the ball is played by purse long over the top and Lynn Williams gives chase to it, 
She looks like she's going to the corner. She takes a touch. She's got McCutcheon, the Orlando defender, on her. Um, and McCutcheon kind of gives her the corner. But by giving Williams the corner, it opened up the near post. And we're talking like 35 yards out on the near sideline is where Williams is with the ball. So it's not like she's like 20 yards from goal or inside the 18-yard box by any means. But McCutcheon is very obviously saying, okay, she's going to dribble to the corner. I'm just waiting for the final whistle to blow. And Lynn Williams takes that as an wide open door, which is exactly what you want to see from a potential World Cup forward starter for the United States, takes it right to goal, cuts it on her right foot and slots it home. It, it looked so easy. That's I, I paused the game as I'm watching this and I was like, that was it. That's how this happened. Like it was so easy. She just waltzed her way into right in front of the net and found the back of the net. But that's the beauty of really good soccer players is they make it look so easy. And that's what Williams did. Yeah. Doing, doing that all with, uh, with the, the arm sleeve, you know, right there and just making it look effortless, honestly, mm -hmm. it was, uh, yeah, like I said, it was ice cold. I love, I love a killer. Lynn Williams is a killer. You love to see cold. it on the other side of things. Another heartbreaker for Orlando. Let's talk about what this means yeah. for them a little bit. There was a, a break for, for the international window here. So they've had some time to think about how they dropped points in their last game against Angel City and unfortunately another scenario in which there's a late game stoppage time within it and they are walking away with zero points in in a game at home yeah bad. uh tough, tough 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 for a team trying to take those steps in the rebuild it's really tough for Orlando. I think definitely a bright spot getting Marta back as um, she rotated into this game. I think there are definitely moments of of greatness. I mean, Messiah Bright getting a start up top. I think that has to do with her week two play for Orlando against Angel City. Bright was a very big bright spot for this Orlando side. Um, Adriana, I also think, had a very good game. But it, it's almost like these players are doing such individual uh, greatness and, and having those individual strengths, but they're not really getting on the same page um, when it comes down to it. They need someone to kind of link them all together, bring everything together and all the magic, because there is moments where um, Gotham had to defend very well and, and had to put up big moments against Orlando and Abby Smith coming up with some big saves as well. Like they have the pieces there, but there is not any consistency and there's not any cohesiveness between the lines and, and par player partnerships just haven't been developed enough on the field for Orlando. And unfortunately they suffered their third straight loss. They head to the bottom of the table, not looking great for Orlando at this point. Uh, I'm curious to see how how a team like the Pride sort of takes something like this, th these opening three weeks into something like the Challenge Cup, you know, mm -hmm. where we're, I think we're maybe expected to see even more rotation for for players as that is going to be something that uh, runs concurrently with this season from, from here on out. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I think for now, I think when you're, again, when you're talking about teams uh, who are – looking trying to look ahead and trying to lay those lay those bricks down and, and, and their foundation maybe you try to look for those those you know silver linings I guess within um uh, these kind of tough losses especially to to kind of open the, the the season and I think you don't want to have two consecutive games where you concede in the manner in which you did right late game stoppage time but you're also looking at maybe those individual performances so I'm with you 100 percent on uh the continued uh minutes that we're seeing for Messiah Bright I love that we got to see uh 
excuse me, Viviana Villacorta in this game as well, coming yeah. in as a sub for, for Marta as well. I think these are all small things. I think that you could sort of try to take away and hang your hat on as you continue to try to build uh, throughout 2023. Uh, speaking of another team that's also trying to figure some things out uh, moving forward in the regular season, Chicago Red Stars picking up their First win in week three, a 4-2 victory against Kansas City Current. We got some goal scorers to talk about here, and we've got some more question marks around Kansas City Current. Penelope Hawking, the number seventh draft pick for the Chicago Red Stars, not getting not just her first, but second professional goals as a NWSL pro. So first career goal as a pro and first career brace as a Chicago Red Star. And we also got to see the start for Shayna Matthews on the attacking line for the Chicago Red Stars uh, was part of media availability just ahead of this game um, asked head coach, Chris Petroselli, you know, how do, how do things change? Like, what are the conversations like, you know, mm-hmm. with, with your attacking core specifically in light of losing a player like Swanson. And uh, he just kind of kept it pretty honest and said, well, first of all, you tell them that there's no replacing a player like Mallory Swanson. You just can't do that. It's uh, near impossible because of the type the form that she was uh, hitting at the time. And you just sort of let them know that this is an opportunity and that they're going to take it week to week and, sort of see it's going to be forward by committee and who knows that maybe they'll even look outside for for some additional help as well but for now they just kind of got to you know take it one game at a time so I was excited to see the first official start for Shayna Matthews this is someone they've utilized off the bench the last couple of weeks as someone who's getting back and trying to, to get back into form and into to 90 minutes uh, a game before going off to a World Cup herself with with Jamaica and I thought uh, the combination of Ella Stevens and Penelope Hawking and Shayna Matthews was very good it was a, as a mm-hmm. it was a delight to see but it came against the Kansas City side that is struggling right now, Lisa. So perhaps, perhaps that helps the confidence of a Chicago side, right? That, that needed the confidence boost now that they don't have Swanson to put four goals up, right? Like, I think that's helpful for Chicago moving forward. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying here for Chicago because this four, two, are you kidding me? Six goals in this game? Like, no, here's what I do know. I know that I had this game as a draw because I did not expect there to be six goals in this game. And I know you went with the Red Stars in this one, didn't you? No, I went with Kansas City. Thank you for giving me that credit. No, but you you did go with the draw. I mean, we we had talked about in our preview of this game that maybe it wasn't going to be the best soccer, right? Or or not the Mm. best soccer, but the most entertaining or the most... um, open. It was maybe going to be a little bit slower, lots of possession, a lot of buildup, teams trying to figure things out. I mean, Kansas City still dealing with a ton of injuries. And that was a factor that we talked about a lot. Like depending on who Kansas City had available, that was going to change the course of this game. Um, You and I talked about Shayna Matthews, if she was going to get minutes and a start in this game, how that would change and, and help Chicago. And it sure did. I mean, I think Shayna Matthews was such a bright spot um, in the front line for the Red Stars. It was Ella Stevens, Penelope Hawking, and Shayna, um, Shayna Matthews in that front line. And those three have 
big shoes to fill without Swanson. And I think that Petroselli's honesty with the media, with the team is the only way to go forward with this because there is no replacing Swanson. I mean, we've heard it from Vlako Andonovsky at the international level, um, and there is no way to replace that. But this is a very good start to it, right? I, were, I wasn't sure if we were going to see Yuki Nagasato play higher up the pitch. Um, instead, she did drop a little bit more centrally and playing in that midfield, allowing Stevens a lot of space to run. Um, but Penelope Hawking, holy cow, two goals for the young rookie in this one. I mean, it, it is truly fantastic. But Ella Stevens opening the scoring in the fourth minute of this game um, after a near miss by Michelle Cooper, right? So we're talking so much about the Red Stars. They did get four goals. They pick up the three points and a win over Kansas City. And a deployment Kansas City side that's dealing with a lot of injuries, but they didn't look like the scoreline maybe would suggest, or they didn't look how being at the bottom of the standings would suggest for this Kansas City side. With the lineups that Matt Potter put forward, it was a five back with about four in the midfield and then Michelle Cooper as that lone striker that had the ability and the freedom to roam, to run at Chicago's back line and to cause problems. And that's what we saw Kansas City do. In the opening three minutes, Cooper had a breakaway where she picks up off Tierna Davidson, um, incredible press by Cooper to pick off Davidson. And then she makes this 55 yard sprint and she ends up shooting the ball right at Alyssa there. Well, it goes wide, but it, that shot has to be on goal. And the fact that Cooper couldn't put it away is a bit frustrating, I think, for Kansas City, right? Because you make all these big moves to get the number two pick in the draft and to go for a Cooper. And there are so many bright spots, but Kansas City has to start winning and they have to start picking up points. And they looked dangerous. They had a lot of good moments. We saw Dabinia get her first goal ultimately with this Kansas City side. Vanessa Bernardo in the midfield playing against her old club in Chicago. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of bright spots, but I mean, Chicago, holy cow. What, I think those were... Yeah. I what do you think, think of Vanessa Bernardo in, in the midfield too? I want to know your thoughts on that and how she looked in teal, not sky Well, I think, I think those are the silver linings, right? I mean, this is one yeah. of the, the big three of the free agents that they got over, over the off season. They, they landed to Binia. They got Morgan Gutrod and, and Vanessa Bernardo, And I think you could sort of, tell that their midfield uh, probably welcomed their return, even if it was just for, um, I believe it was just about 60 minutes or so from uh, from Vanessa Bernardo to, to, to make her Kansas City uh, debut. But one of those silver linings or bright spots that you're taking away out of out of a loss like this, the fact that you could still uh, try to chip away even late in the game uh, at a goal at a at a score line like that at that point, and that it comes from one of your big free agent mm-hmm. signings and somebody like uh, w- with Dabinia. But um, I think also Mimi Larson as well is is, is kind yeah. of one of those bright spots that you're looking at. I mean, we, we talked about Kansas City and their struggles in this early phase of the regular season. But that's another one of those silver linings I think that you're looking at that those first really those first four to six weeks of a regular season don't necessarily make or break your season. But you definitely don't want to drop three, you know, consecutive results. And that's kind of the water that the current are still trending in a little bit. But uh, I think another, another pro star for Michelle Cooper is massive. I think we are absolutely witnessing the very early beginnings of what is going to be a feature star kind of caliber player in this league. Um, 
we, we start we saw kind of the cramping up happening a little bit that, that comes with you know learning and and being a pro and uh getting those extended minutes which i don't i don't know if kansas city anticipated asking that of her this early in the phase of the season but but here she is but i think uh yeah. Getting minutes for Larson, getting minutes for Di Bernardo, and the the swap for swap there in, in in the hour mark, I thought was very very good for this team. And uh, yeah. I think little by little we're going to start to see Kansas City maybe try to turn some things as they welcome some of these 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 uh, players back into the fold. I mean, it's uh, it's still a loss, but you make it a somewhat respectable yeah. loss, I guess. And you're like, Hey, we, we were only, we only lost by two goals instead of four. Right. And I think uh, as you're mentioning, like the, the silver linings and everything that's to come, um, Kansas city signing Croy Soto, the defender yeah. um, who came in for a trial, they just mm-hmm. signed her last week and she got rotated into this game uh, around the 80th minute. So you're getting these young players. I mean, a player that's only been training with you for yeah. what, a couple weeks at this point, you're getting them game minutes um, in crucial, regular season games before the challenge cup before everything else is to come Um, and the fact that they could go down for nothing and then respond and get two more goals like that's that's tremendous despite even one of them one of the Chicago goals being called an own goal against AD French and it was an own goal it was a shot by Sheena Matthews um off the yeah, post, just some bad luck too. Yeah, it's like, and like, hmm. and French makes the save or yeah. initially that tips it wide and it goes yeah. off the post, and then it hits off French's back and goes in the back of the net. Like, truly unfortunate, yeah. but that's uh, the third goal that Chicago is able to get. And then Kansas City's can respond, and they get one from Dabinia in the 74th minute. She immediately picks up the ball, runs it back to the spot, no celebration, down to business. Let's go. So, a lot of positives for sure for Kansas City. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a, there's enough here to where they're looking at. They say maybe we got to make some some adjustments uh, down the road. And but I think also that the positives that some of these players are getting back and closer into form. Um, I know there hasn't been as much of an update on someone like a for for Kristen Hamilton, for example, um, in terms of how close or not close she is to returning. But you have to imagine that somebody with players with Hamilton and Dabinia and the history that they have playing together previously in North Carolina courage, that's, that's something that you're not going to have to worry about in terms of familiarity between those two players. You just yeah. sort of, it's almost like this kind of wait and see approach, I think right now with the current um, and the fact that they can get some goals from players who are making their debuts and making their return to the pitch uh, for Kansas city are maybe some of the, the highlights that they're trying to take away from these games. And if, if you're Chicago, you're elated that you finally yeah. got your first win of the season. Petroselli in post game saying we did not want to lose three games in the start of this regular season. So good on them for, for getting yeah. it and Kansas city still building, but we've got two more games to get through maybe some more narrow wins to talk about but still some winners and some losers so stick with us after a quick break all right let's talk about some narrow score lines here to close out our week three recap north carolina courage versus washington spirit a 2-1 victory for washington spirit picking up all three points and they too are unbeaten Mm -hmm. to start their 2023 regular season because let's just let's just call it like it is because trinity rodman absolutely (laughs) rules that's why they're undefeated sandra actually wrote that in our rundown rules because it's the truth right nothing but 
truth and facts here. Yeah, I mean, incredible game by Trinity Rodman. This is the turnaround that we've been waiting for from Washington Spirit after everything that they've been through over the last several years. Mark Parsons coming in as the head coach now for the Spirit, making changes. Michelle Kang is the ownership. Um, and, and this game really starting off – uh, quick. I think that was like the theme throughout this weekend. So many goals in the opening 10 minutes of these matches. It was quick starts, capitalizing on moments, and that's precisely what we saw from Trinity Rodman getting the opening goal for the Spirit in the sixth minute. Uh, yeah, because she does rule, right? It's it's seizing opportunities and creating chances. That's how she's gotten her goals this year. I'm uh, I'm curious, you know, I think if we're looking at a team in, in North Carolina that is, you know, has, has has sort of said more or less like, hey, we've got a lot of new faces. We're trying to build towards something and it's going to take some time. That's what we've heard out of Washington, out of out of Mark Parsons. He's like, hey, there's players here we're going to have to work with and continue yeah. to, to develop in, in the future. And maybe some folks don't like to hear that when you've got a team that has uh, Trinity Rodman, Ashley Sanchez, Ashley Hatch, Andy Sullivan, right? They, they, God, they gave Rodman this contract to lock her up for the next four years. And, and I'm sure there's folks that are like, no, the window is now. The window is right now. You know, you, you don't want to hear about, you know, rebuilding and stuff like that. But um, it it seems like the teams bought in a bit because they're they're getting the results. They're they're one of these. They're they're number two right now in the table. And it's early after, you know, it's just three. We are just three weeks in here. But I think if you're you're walking away with a win against a, a team that is also preaching the same things like, hey, we're, we're trying to do some retooling here. Mm-hmm. Um but if you're you're walking away with a win with with an against another team that's kind of preaching similar things and you're also getting a chance to some of your depth players. I mean, we also got exactly. to see the debut of, of Chloe Ricketts in this game yeah. as well. In this Ooh, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think we would see her until the summer. Yeah. I did. I just thought with such a young player at 15 years old being signed, um, she needs time to kind of develop into the system and into the program and uh, to the professional game. But Mark Parsons clearly thought Ricketts was ready. She was ready. She came on the pitch and and she held her own. I think she played really well. I mean, the players got skill. Um, <laughs> Ricketts can can come out and play. I mean, and it, you're talking about Washington and the standings and how they're doing right now. They've they've got five goals four this year um and and they're undefeated at this point i think washington spirit fans are incredibly happy about that i mean it's being that high in the standings like if it's going to come down to one goal games or right maybe two goal games throughout the year this is how you want to do it right i mean that they've won by like narrow margins this year but they're still picking up wins or draws and picking up points every week yeah i think uh i think something that we've always seen from from the courage is they, they've been a team that's been able to attack you in waves and even though they've got a lot of new pieces um that are still kind of getting familiar with each other they've got someone like caroline who's just in her second year with the team but has already showed that she is an incredible exciting tactical player and to get one attempt on target 
by way of, I believe it was penalty after yeah. 13 total shots. It's like, these are the areas I think for, for teams that are uh, in these early weeks of the regular season. And also in that kind of retooling mm-hmm. here that you look at and you're saying like, here's, here, here's the area that we're going to work on in this week, moving forward and try to make sure that we capitalize on the opportunities, you know, when, when we can, but. Um, I mean, that's back-to-back weeks for North Carolina where, uh, their only opportunities are coming from penalty kicks, from from moments where their opposition has kind of slipped off, slipped up and forced a blunder, right? Against San Diego two weeks ago, it was a penalty kick for Caroline, uh, questionable on her taking of it. This week, <laughs> that was it, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, they were both awesome. And this week, um, it's it's a handball against Mickey Own inside the box. Andy Sullivan actually ends up getting a yellow card right after it because of her verbal communications with the official. Um, and then Caroline stepping up again and, and finishing them. But North Carolina cannot rely on their opposition to make mistakes in the box that will give them penalty kicks. They have to be able to score in the run of play. And that's something that we only saw in the opening week when North Carolina and, and Guile was able to surprise right players in Kansas city um, and finding the back of the net. That's the only time we've seen it from North Carolina. Otherwise they're struggling. I think the loss of North Carolina to and Dabinia is bigger than they hoped and maybe than they expected and fans expected from this Kansas City side. I mean, you just see how much Dabinia did to link up and to find feet and to connect on these really great balls and set her teammates up for success in front of the net that now they're missing, right? They, they've also lost Ordonias. I mean, there's a number of changeover players at North Carolina, but the run of play goal scoring is 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 rough for North Carolina. All right, something we'll have to pay attention to for sure to see if uh, they tighten things up there and uh, can connect more on on their opportunities. But uh, not the only narrow scoreline. We're, we got to talk about one last final game to close out the recap of matches. We've got to talk about OL Rain versus San Diego Wave FC. Home opener finally arrived for the Rain. Took a few weeks, but they welcomed almost 10,000 people to Lumen for this home opener against the Wave. And we were really excited about this one. We talked about it in the preview that this was going to be one of those big games to keep an eye on if there were, if there were, because there were multiple kickoffs happening all on Saturday. Uh, Five games just all at once. And if there were areas where you had to split your time or split your viewing, that this was maybe one of those games where you wanted to take a closer eye on. And uh, I stand by that. I think it delivered. I think it was one of these, these games on the, on the West coast that delivered the uh, after dark action. I think we had a little bit of a coach's battle on this one. And I always love those. I think when we were doing the, the preview in this match and trying to make our picks uh, leaning into that a little bit, always love to, to see Harvey versus Stoney and kind of see the different tactics uh, and uh, how things are going to go. I love, I love the patience. From the rain, I really like that defensive the shape that they presented. Um, frustrating for I think the wave at times. Fallon Tullis Joyce with an outstanding game, absolutely love to see it. Love to see the keeper just sort of receive the game that's coming to them. Uh, massive double save there, but uh, hard to believe, maybe or not so hard to believe that the uh, this one ends in a one zero scoreline and another dramatic game winner. From Olivia Vander Yacht in this one, uh, one zero. That's all that's needed for the rain. All three points. 
yeah, the end, end, end of the game. Like we're falling off the cliff at the end of this game and Vander Yacht smacks it home the 95th minute um, at the end against San Diego when both teams had held on so much and and created uh, opportunities. I think that, I mean, in our picks for this one, I did have OL Reign winning this one. I think coming back to Lumen Field was going to give them an, an incredible advantage over whoever they played, right? Whether it was San Diego, Portland, no matter what. Um, and the crowds coming out just uh, under 10,000 um, for the the crowds at Lumen Field. I mean, just electric in Seattle to to support this OL Reign side. But the coaching battle, you're exactly right. Between Laura Harvey and Casey Stoney, the intelligence between these women is fantastic. And, and their knowledge, not only of the game, but of their individual players, the skills that they possess and how to set them up to be in those best positions to achieve those goals. Um, I think that Laura Harvey outplayed Casey Sony a little bit in this one. And, and that's um, maybe not so indicative of the scoreline, right? Because the way the goal came about, I mean, it was outside of the box, the ball kind of ricocheting around and a shot goes on goal. It comes back out and then Vander Yacht flies it towards goal again and it gets past Sheridan. But the way that the response that O.L. Reign had to what San Diego was doing, because San Diego did create chances and they had opportunities. They've got incredible threats up top with Shaw, Ali, Morgan. There are plenty of options and things that cause chaos. And that's why San Diego has been so good and at the top of this table for the first three weeks, but Laura Harvey was able to respond and adjust to that and, and no Rose Lavelle for this OL rain side. And then yeah. that definitely changes things in the midfield. And yet OL rain is still able to, to get a clean sheet and get three points over San Diego. Is this also one of those, I know I mentioned it earlier with, mm-hmm. with Angel City and, and racing, is is this a game that maybe came down to depth as well? I think that was something I had an yeah. eye on as well, because we talked a little bit about players returning back from an international window who we might see or might not see. We were curious if if Rose Lavelle was going to be available for, for this game and we now know that that was not the case, but, uh, but we did get the return to see of, Megan Rapinoe. I was gonna say, we're, yeah. we're going to see that we got to see the return of Megan Rapinoe. Um, I'm a, I do wonder if, if maybe this is a moment where you have this, this type of player coming in uh, with just what, 15 minutes or so remaining in, in regulation and um, players that kind of maybe teammates who perhaps elevate their their play when when a when a more experienced player comes on in in those types of moments looking at how this goal came to life right you know this game winner it's it's a set piece opportunity and it's rapino over the ball and going straight for goal and forcing a save out of out of sheridan and then watching this ball get kind of recycled back around and and uh Vondia just throwing her boot through yeah. it and what a goal, right? Not her first stoppage time winner. Uh, it was great to see all of her teammates celebrating and kind of, you know, cracking the jokes around that as is, is well. And it's we talk about so much how this is like the most competitive league. Uh, and it always it comes down to these really these margins right between between the teams on, on games like this and and maybe it comes down to something like you know the 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 duels battle you know between these two teams or you know the the, the possession the ability to kind of retain that that ball and, and be able to recycle it back in in these kind of waning moments um but uh 
maybe they're not always pretty, but I don't necessarily feel that way about this game. I thought this was a very kind of lovely, kind of methodical, mm-hmm. just sort of game of soccer to watch. And it just happened to be a low scoring match in the process. I- um, and you heard Casey Stoney after the game and in post game, just gutted for her players. You know, you present the game plan and they were for the most part executing it well, but just yeah. now walking away with, with, with the loss instead of a result. Exactly. I mean, when I was watching this game, I was like, this is great. And immediately I I went to the schedule because I was like, when do we get to see this matchup again at Snapdragon Challenge Cup? We get to see O.L. Reign and San Diego play in the same group in Challenge Cup. It, it starts this week. So that's fantastic. And then the second regular season meeting not coming until the end of June for these sides um, in San Diego. But that's I love that when I'm watching a game and the outcome is frustrating for one side, I think San Diego pretty frustrated with giving up that goal in the, in the waning seconds of regulation or of this game at the end of stoppage time is frustrating for them. They wanted to go on the road. They wanted to get a win. Um, wanted to get a shutout over OL rain and, and find the back of the net. So to, to know that there's another matchup of this one and we get to see the chess battle again, excites me so much. Oh God. I love this league. I, I love I loved the the takeaway for me in week in week three is that I really love that we got to see 2022 playoff teams going yes. head to head yes. in an early phase of week three and just sort of seeing where, where, where they're at building on that, you know, kind of 2022 postseason finish going up against each other in this early phase and, and, and seeing how they look now, because we know they're not going to look the same when they face each other again further down the line. And uh, I thought it delivered. I thought week three delivered the goods for sure. And uh, we'll keep it moving. We've got Challenge Cup on the horizon. We've got more NWSL regular season action to talk about. But that's it for the week three recap on Attacking Third. Thank you all for joining us and listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get alert for whenever we go live youtube.com slash attacking third and we will be back with challenge cup coverage this week so stay tuned for Sandra and Lisa Roman this was attacking third <laughs>